0: You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 133, The Solo Series. I don't know what you heard, but ha, yeah, She Runs the Show. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra Vaughn Worsley here. Welcome. So, everybody, you know, I have um, had a very interesting, interesting week to say the very least, it has been an interesting, <laughs> interesting week. And I've got to tell you, I've never been so grateful to be home as I was when I got home on Saturday morning, as I have been since being home on Saturday morning. I am not a fan of work travel. I do not like work travel. And especially after the week I had last week, I am i am so clear. I, one thing I can say which was a blessing about traveling for work last week and going to Vegas. I got abundantly clear on the fact that motivational speaking will not be something that I take back up again in my future. I I've had many people say, Cassandra you should do live events and and all of that fun stuff and one of the reasons why I do not do live events and I do not go to conferences and speak and all that kind of stuff is because I, I don't want to do the travel. I simply don't. So one of, one of the aspects of clarity that I got from this last week of work travel was, yes, I do want to do retreats, and I will be doing retreats very shortly, actually, and I will be doing live events, but everybody's going to come to me in Wyoming. Either it's going to be at a, a resort here in Pinedale or at a resort in Jackson Hole. People are going to come to me. I am not going to them because I literally had quite an interesting week having gone away from home. And some of us are just homebodies. I know people who love to travel. They love to trot, and they—it it is their thing. It is not my thing, but it has given me a newfound appreciation for where I live and for the life that I have. And, I'm going to talk in today's episode about what last week, and really I would say the last year and a half or so of my life, has taught me about transforming my own life and my own business. And I hope that this is something that helps you. Let me start by saying there are blessings in the storm. That's the first point I want to get out. There are blessings in the storm. And sometimes we go through a life storm and it, you know, it lasts for a season. And sometimes we go through a life storm, and it lasts for years. And when the storm begins, we don't always know what life's—you know—what the duration is going to be. We don't always know how long is this life storm going to last. But I think it's very comforting to get real with the fact that life storms are going to come throughout our entire lives. That we're going to have periods of dealing with pain and conflict and discomfort, we're going to find ourselves in places where we strongly feel we don't belong or places where we strongly feel we were meant to go or leave. And yet we're not quite yet in the position to be able to do that. So I want to preface this episode by saying, if this is the first time that you're listening to She Runs the Show, this is a a deep episode and a heavy episode not to say that the other ones aren't deep but it might help to listen to some of the earlier she runs the show episodes to get a sense of what the mission of this podcast is essentially this podcast is for women entrepreneurs who want to have both they want to have relationships that thrive businesses that thrive relationships that rock they want both they don't want to sacrifice a happy loving relationship whether it's with their friends their family members people who are on their team, their spouses, partners, they're not willing to sacrifice their relationships for their business, but they're also not willing to sacrifice their business for their relationships. And so often, especially as women entrepreneurs, we are taught that we can have one or the other, but we can't have both. And so She Runs the Show is designed to remind, especially women entrepreneurs, I have male entrepreneurs who listen to you, I, I have men who love this show, and I and I love them right back. And the reality of the situation is that whoever listens to this episode, this episode was meant for you and you were meant to listen to it. And I would highly recommend that if this episode touches your life in a powerful way, send it to somebody who needs it. They don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur to get value from today's episode. Today's episode is very, very personal to me and my life and what I've been going through. And it's a, a powerfully important episode because what I'm going to talk about on today's episode, I don't think we talk about enough. I don't think we share this enough. I don't think we get real with each other enough. I don't think we do this enough, which is why I knew I had to do this episode and I had to do it today. So I say all of that to say that in today's episode, we're going to talk about what my own unhappiness has taught me about transforming my life and business. And I hope it touches you in a powerful way. And I hope it helps you put your unhappiness wherever that whatever arena that exists in right now wherever that's been I hope this helps you put your own unhappiness in perspective you know an interesting thing about traveling for work last week I you know I it was a tough week I don't there's no nice way you know I was going to try to sugarcoat it first it was a tough tough week and one of the toughest parts of the week was that I was supposed to get on a, a plane on Friday from Vegas go to Salt Lake, have a layover for four hours, and then board a plane at 8.17 p.m. or something like that in Salt Lake to do a 30-minute ride to Jackson Hole Airport to arrive in Jackson Hole at 9-something so I could get home by midnight because it's my home is still an hour and a half away from the Jackson Hole Airport. That was the plan originally. (laughs) And by the time I got to Salt Lake and I had a four-hour layover, and by the time that four-hour layover was almost over, I was so ready to get on the plane to Jackson Hole. So, so ready. I could could feel myself leaving the Jackson Hole airport and getting into my car and driving really slow in the dark because I don't want to hit any moose or any deer and getting home a little after midnight. So when the delayed sign came up, in the Jackson hole in the Salt Lake airport. And it said that the flight would be delayed. So it's leaving an hour later. I thought, okay, an hour later, you know, that happens. It's life. And then when I came back an hour later to get ready to get on this plane, and I saw that it said delayed until 7am tomorrow morning, I literally had no emotional intelligence going on at that moment. I literally freaked out on the inside kind of flipped out on the outside, had tons of questions for the airport person, poor airport person who was just doing the best they could with the information they had. And apparently what what ended up happening was that because Jackson Hole Airport is in the middle of a national park, it's in the Teton Park, it's in the middle of a national park, they have curfews. And because they have curfews, you can't, and if you delay at night, you're not going to be able to fly until the next morning. And on top of that, somebody, another, the pilot the next morning said that only certain pilots can actually fly into the Jackson Hole airport because of the restrictions and the requirements of that. And so it was an interesting experience to have a delayed flight and then not be able to get on the flight and then figure out that there's a curfew in Jackson Hole airport to which in my pissed off moment, because literally I was pissed off for a long time Friday night, I said to myself, okay, A, I'm never flying the Jackson Hole Airport ever again because not not even, I could have just driven four hours to Salt Lake, which actually is true. I I will not, unless it is mandatory and absolutely necessary, you will never see me in the Jackson Hole Airport again because that kind of curfew nonsense, yeah, I'm never dealing with that again. <laughs> but I was pissed and saying that. And then I was also saying to myself, I... I hate the fact that I'm in this situation. I hate the fact that now I have to catch a shuttle, which even catching the shuttle was dr- dramatic to say the very least, because all of these people who now are not on this Jackson Hole Airport flight are now trying to catch a small shuttle that fits eight or nine people in it to, an, to a local hotel that they're going to put us up in for the night. So then I finally catch the second shuttle, get on the second shuttle. On the way to the, to the hotel, they message the shuttle driver to say oh yeah we're full there you can't take them there so take them to another place so then we reroute go to another place finally get into the hotel room and i gotta tell you standing in line for 20 minutes to get to the front to finally get a room and i got into my room at 10 o'clock at night friday night i was pissed i mean i literally you know people who know me uh, and who, who know me in person, oftentimes are like, Cassandra, you are one of the calmest. You know, you were just calm. You know, you handle things. You're a leader, all that kind of... I didn't have any... I didn't have an ounce of emotional intelligence leadership in my body when I found out that the flight was delayed, let alone dealing with the shuttles, let alone when I got to the hotel and there was a 20-minute wait... I mean, I had none. I had none. I I literally was not nice. (laughs) I was not. um, I was very short with people. I, there was nothing. I was just angry. And so 10 o'clock at night, I get up into my hotel room and I put my, my book bag down. Obviously, I didn't have my luggage. The luggage is still at the airport. Uh, and luckily I had some dirty clothes that I packed into my book bag so I could wear some pajamas and not have to wear the same clothes that I was wearing the, that whole day. But I literally put my book bag down and I sit in the chair that they have. You know, they always have a chair and a desk and all of that kind of stuff. I sit in the chair and put my feet up on the ottoman. And I literally just said, out loud to God. I literally said, "God, I know I should be grateful. I know. I know. I know. I know I should be grateful. I know I should be grateful that I have a room that's paid for by the the airline. I know I should be grateful that there's a place a good bed for me to sleep in and I can take a shower and I and I'm going to actually leave for Jackson Hole in the morning. And I was worried about the deer and the moose at night. And now I don't have to be worried about them because now I can drive during the day. In the morning, I'm a morning person. God, I know I should be grateful. I know I should be grateful, but I'm not grateful. God, I'm angry. This is what I'm saying, sitting with my feet up on the ottoman in the hotel room on Friday night. I am angry. I am angry that I'm here. I'm angry that I'm that I'm not at home. I, I just was angry, and I realized in that moment that I was judging myself for being angry. I was ju- I was shaming myself for being angry. I was telling myself all the reasons I should be grateful, all the reasons I should not feel angry, all the reasons that I should be different than what I was. But in that moment, I wasn't different than what I was. I was angry and I was pissed off and I was mad that I wasn't home. I was angry that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And, and, I, and I sat in that chair and I didn't start crying at that point. But I, I just recognized that in that moment, I was fighting what was, the fact that I was delayed by day to get home. And I was also fighting what I was feeling, the fact that I was angry. And the resistance of that and the shaming of that and the shitting of that, none of that helped. But I couldn't get myself out of it. For all of the EQ work that I do, for all of the leadership training that I do, for all of the stuff that I teach, in that moment, fighting it or trying to make myself get out of that moment wasn't working so I just had this prayer with God where I said, I, I know I should be grateful, but I'm not. I'm just not. And then I, I got up and I said, well, let me take a shower and let me go to bed because I'm not in a good mood and I don't even want to be around me right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to be around me. And I got in the shower and it's funny because I'm a bath person. So most people who know me very closely know I love to take a bath. Literally in Vegas, the, 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 the bathtub in that room was so big. I took a jetted bath every night, every single night I took a bath. It was amazing. And I'm not a shower person. I, I take showers because I work out multiple times a day, and I'm gonna get to that and talk about happiness in a minute. I am a bath person, so I walk into I get into this bathroom in this hotel room in Salt Lake on Friday night, and there's no bath. There's no bathtub. It's just a shower. So I'm like, oh great, here we go. Even more stuff. It's I don't even I can't even take a bath to relax. And I get in the shower and all of a sudden I feel the resistance and the shame and the shitting and the anger, it starts to subside in its own. I couldn't make it subside. I couldn't make myself feel differently. I couldn't make myself feel grateful. But as I'm taking my shower and I'm just allowing it to be what it is, I'm pissed. I'm angry. There's not even a bathtub here. I'm in Utah another night that I don't want to be here. I'm just allowing it to be what it is. And, and really within five minutes of being in that shower, my anchor subsided, it went away, and I was able to get into gratitude. I was able to, to transition to a place of saying, I'm grateful that I can shower and I don't stink. You know, I'm grateful that I have a bed to sleep in. I'm grateful that this hotel room is paid for. I'm grateful that I'm going to wake up first thing in the morning and I'm a morning person and get up at 345 and get to the airport and I'm going to get on that plane, I'm going to get home, and I'm so grateful. And I was able to get into a place of gratitude, but not until... I was willing to give myself permission to be pissed off and angry, not until I was willing to allow the situation to be what it was for me and for me to show up in that situation in a way that wasn't nice or good or acceptable to me, but was what was real for me at that moment. And then I get to the airport on Saturday morning and here's how divine timing and the perfection of all things works here's how the beauty of life happens even in situations that you do not want to be a part of i get to the airport and i see michael hyatt in the airport with his wife and and his granddaughter i see michael hyatt now for those of you who are not into self-help really strongly just google michael hyatt go to michael hyatt.com he has an he has amazing podcast he's a leadership expert And he had this amazing podcast episode that I will never forget. In fact, seeing him at the airport Saturday morning convinced me that I need to go listen to that episode again. And the episode is called uh, How to Be Your Spouse's Best Friend. It was a game changer for me. It still is. And I need to go listen to it again. So I see this guy as I'm sitting at terminal, whatever terminal I was at, I'm sitting at the gate and here's this guy who looks a lot like Michael Hyatt. And then I see his wife, and the reason why I knew it was Michael Hyatt was because his wife, who has red hair, you know, not not bright red hair, but she's a redhead. And I remember them together in pictures and online, and I thought, that's his wife. So that's Michael Hyatt. Now, the girl that was with them, she seemed kind of young to be their daughter. I thought, maybe that's their granddaughter. And I thought, oh my goodness, there's Michael Hyatt. And I love Michael Hyatt because he is one of my mentors, and it was so interesting because I watched them for a while and I thought, I'm not going to disturb them. I don't want to be one of those fans because when I get to that level, I don't want people to do that to me in the airport with me and my husband and my kids. And So Michael Hyatt, we're all getting ready to get ready to board and Michael Hyatt walks by me and then he comes back and I, and I stop him and I say, are you Michael Hyatt? And he says, yes. And the first thing he asks me is, what's your name? And so we have a little bit of a conversation and here was the, here's, here's the divinity in all of this. I would have never recognized, cause he was probably at the airport the night before, cause we're all on the same flight going to Jackson Hole. I was so angry on Friday night. I would not have. I did not see him. I was so angry on Friday night. I I had no room to receive or to see that Michael Hyatt was there. But Saturday morning, after some sleep and after some gratitude, I spotted him out almost immediately. And in fact the beauty of meeting Michael Hyatt wasn't simply meeting him because he really is as wonderful in person as he is online, which doesn't always happen, by the way. Some people are not who they pretend to be, just saying. (laughs) Um, But he is as wonderful in person as he was, as he is online. But the real divinity of that encounter was not that I met Michael Hyatt, It was that I was able to, by meeting Michael Hyatt on a Saturday morning after dealing with all of my anger and upsetness Friday night, I was able to not only see him, but I was able to deal with a fear that I've had for a very long time about where I'm taking my business. And the fear that I've had for a very long time was the loss of my privacy. And so what was interesting is I noticed that Michael Hyatt was there. I knew who he was, but I observed that nobody else around him did. Nobody else at our gate knew that they were sitting next to Michael Hyatt. Nobody else, you know, nobody else went up to him. Nobody else said, "Are you Michael Hyatt?" And I loved that. You know why? Because I want to get to that level with what I'm teaching and and how I'm teaching entrepreneurs to find their inner badass, but I do not want my privacy disturbed and I do not want to be, you know, going to on a vacation with my family and people are stopping me can I take a picture can I? I don't like all that I'm a very private person I'm an introvert contrary to what most people think I'm an introvert so he helped me deal with my fears around that because for the long time one of the things that has been stopping me is I did not want to elevate my business and my public persona to a level. That would take away the privacy that I love so much. It's one of the reasons I live in Wyoming. I love being in a very small town with very few people. I love it. So that encounter, that very short encounter, I maybe talked to him for two minutes, that very short encounter helped me deal with that fear and helped me cut out the limit that I was putting on myself and on my business, because I had that fear. And I haven't thought about that fear for a long time. It's not something that I think about every day. But when I'm after I met Michael Hyatt, I thought, there it is. There it is. That was divine right timing. Now I know I can rise to that level or above that level. And I can still maintain my privacy. How much peace is in that? So there's divine timing in that. Now, let's finally get to the episode. Because I really want to talk about this. Where do I even start with this? We live in a world that is... For many people... Powerfully focused on... Portraying a life online... Portraying a life on social media... Portraying an existence... To all their friends... At dinner parties... uh, On Facebook on Instagram, on Snapchat, on LinkedIn, you name the platform, however many platforms. We live in a world where people are living a pretend life online and then living a totally different life in real time and suffering in real time. But don't feel they can share it with anybody because they want everybody to think they they are a certain person and they're living a certain life, but that's actually not their lives. And the more they fake it, the deeper their, their abyss of sadness and uh, misery and pain and anxiety and worry. We live in a world where people filter their pictures. They filter their pictures and they don't, and they, and they portray themselves to look away that they don't look. And the reason why I say all of that is because I want to talk in today's episode about what my own unhappiness has taught me about transforming my life and business because far too often, I think people listen to people like me, to experts, to podcasters, to bloggers, you know, they watch our Instagram feeds, they, they read our quotes, they, you know, and, and there's so much inspiration, there's so much motivation and power in what we're saying. And they think, well, yeah, you know, Cassandra, you know, Cassandra's strong, or Cassandra has a great outlook on life, or Cassandra... You know, she's she's just happy. She's where she wants to be. You know, she's living in Wyoming and she's, you know, 35 acres here and one acre and I don't... All of that nonsense bullshit. And I want to get real on this episode because I think we spend way too much time pretending to live a life that we don't have, pretending to be happy when we're not and pretending to be okay when we're not okay and until people start actually getting real with each other and asking for support and talking about what's bothering them and and being honest about what they're going through. Nothing about the nonsense we have going on in our world is ever going to change. We lack community. We lack connection. We lack the kind of sisterhood and brotherhood and, and, and tribe that is so necessary today. Because so many people are out there pretending like life is great when actually they're living the opposite. And I'm going to tell you in this episode, that ends today. That ends today. Because here's the reality. Last week doing the work travel that I did was probably one of the hardest weeks I've had in a very long time. I cried every morning and every night. I cried and prayed and I prayed and cried and I got up and did my work during the day. But can I tell you, it was one of the most painful, weeks I've had in a long time. And the last couple of years, in fact, if I even go even further, probably the, the last decade of my life has been pretty freaking challenging. You talk about 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness. Yeah. Let's talk about the last 10 years for me. And I'm putting that out there because I don't want people to get the impression that because I, I do episodes where I say, find your fire, build your life, I write books about overcoming fear. I, I say, listen, this is your life. You own it. You go out there. That's what I tell everybody. If you are my friend, you know how many conver- how many get-it-together conversations I've had with you about what you need to do to own your fire and live your life. If you only listen to me on the podcast and you don't know me personally, you know this is what I teach and what I talk about. This is your life. Own it. But here's what I'm going to say on this episode, and I, and I really want you to hear me. Just because... A person is strong and just because a person knows who they are or they have confidence or they have hope and faith and they trust the timing of their lives and their talent doesn't mean that they don't have unhappiness in their lives. And like anybody else, I've got unhappiness in my life. And last week was such a mirror for me in so many ways. It was a mirror for me in terms of facing my own unhappiness. It was a mirror for me in terms of facing where I'm still playing small. It was a mirror for me in terms of looking at what am I settling for? What am I settling for? And and, and what is it going to take? You know, here's the thing. There are lots of us who are warriors in life. And I, listen, I'm a warrior I know a lot of people who are warriors and there's power in being a warrior, but one of the Achilles heel heels that exists in being a warrior is you take too much shit for far too long because your pain threshold is so high high, because you can take gut punches left and right, because you are emotionally intelligent and you can take, you can take how people treat you and you can put up with it and you can still be strong and you can still be courageous and you can still do the damn thing with excellence. We take it and we take it, and we take it. And I'm going to tell you right now, last week was such a mirror for me on how I've been doing that in certain areas of my life, how I've been taking stuff that I should not take. And I've been putting up with situations that I will no longer tolerate. And I've been dealing with things that have been weighing on me and crushing me. And I'm the one who's allowing this to continue. Now, why am I putting this in an episode for the entire world to hear? Because I know I'm not alone in this. I know I'm not the only person who is dealing with their unhappiness. I know I am not the only person who is struggling with issues and situations and drama and feeling as if, on the one hand, you know what you're capable of, and on the other hand, you're stuck in this rut, and then on the other hand, you've got people who you thought had your back who don't. I'm not alone in that. And if you get nothing else from this episode, I want you to understand that life wasn't meant to be perfect. Life wasn't meant to be happy all of the time. I know people are like, well, happiness is a choice and it's an inside job. And yes, it's all those things. But I think we sell our children a bag of goods that we were sold that says, you create your own happiness. Therefore, you can be happy all of the time. No, that's not the way it works and it's time that we we treated our unhappiness with the care and the respect and the attention that it deserves so that we we don't repress it or suppress it we don't say to ourselves like i did on friday night well i don't know why i'm not grateful but i should be grateful i should be happy no there is a message in the mirror of our unhappiness and it's up to us oh there goes my 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 alarm clock that tells me I need to eat my next meal. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Uh, back to basics. See, I, and I live by alarm clock. So if you know me, you've know how many alarm clocks went off last week while I was in Vegas, uh, because my phone tells me when I'm going to eat and what I'm going to do. It's my digital personal assistant. Okay. Back to focus. Um, unhappiness is a part of the journey. And I don't think we've told ourselves that. I think we've told ourselves, Happiness is an inside job. Nobody else can make you happy. You create your own happiness. You know, your life is up to you. And yes, that's true. That is 100% true. But somehow, a lot of us are either thinking we're going to fake it, happiness, till we make it. So we pretend on Facebook and we pretend on Snapchat and we pretend on Instagram. And therefore, we don't ask for help. We don't ask for support. We don't go to the, the people in our tribe. So we're we're dealing with pain and we're dealing with drama and we're dealing with stuff and we have nobody to help us with it because we don't want to give up the lie that we're putting online. I think there's that crowd. I think there's also the crowd that thinks that they should be able to on demand make themselves happy, that happiness is their choice and that they're always supposed to be happy even when shit is happening. And I'm here to tell you that's not true either. You're going to have unhappy moments. And it's not how do i make myself happy in those unhappy moments it's how do i learn in those unhappy moments how do i grow how do i how do i see it for the teacher it is how do i see it for the mirror that it is how do i how do i use the unhappiness to wake up in my life and make the changes that i need to make how do i do that cuz here's the thing last week when i was crying and praying and praying and crying and crying every night and crying every morning, and then spending the bulk of the day, you know, doing what I needed to do. It was such a great opportunity for me to finally pay attention to my unhappiness, for me to finally look at my life and go, this isn't working anymore. This, and I don't know what your this is, But if you're unhappy about an area or a number of areas in your life, this isn't a sign that you are doomed to live there or that you did something wrong along the way. I've lived that one too, that limiting belief as well. Or that maybe happiness is just not for you. Live that one too. It is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. It is your life saying to you, pay attention. Pay attention. Something is wrong here and you have the power to change it. But you've got to give it the attention it deserves so you can get to the bottom of what's missing in your life, what's not working in your life, what is over in your life that you're keeping around, and what needs to change now. Pay attention. Wake up. And that's what last week was for me. It was a major wake-up call. It was a wake-up call to a lot of things that I had been so busy prior to then. So busy you know, doing things that I really love to do. So busy focusing on other things that now when I did not have those buffers and those things to fuel my happiness, when I did not have those things in place, I didn't really have a choice, but to pay attention to my unhappiness. It was in, it was in my face every single day in my face. So here's what I want to talk about, because I know that either you're experiencing some arena of your life where there's unhappiness or you know somebody who's experiencing a lot of arenas of their life where they're unhappy and I want to say to you number one you're not alone we're all in this together we really are we and and number two there are always going to be arenas that are unhappy I hate to be the the downer in this conversation but you might be really happy with the the money in your bank account and you might be really unhappy with your relationship, or you might be really happy with your relationship and unhappy with your body. Life is is meant to have contrast in it. So, so long as you're breathing, there are probably going to be unhappy arenas, and that's okay. We don't have to make every area happy all the time. But we've got to know what to do with the unhappy areas as we live through them, as we grow through them, as we change through them. So let me talk to you a little bit about what my own unhappiness has taught me about transforming my life and business. There were a few lessons that I experienced, especially in this last week that, that came to light. Number one, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you cry and pray and you go to bed at night and you cry and pray, you get time with your unhappiness. You do. And I'm laughing now, but I was I was crying and praying every every day of the week last week, morning and night. And lesson number one is this. Unhappiness is not the problem. Rebelling against it is. You know, one of the reasons I told you the story about me sitting in the hotel on Friday night is because I was rebelling against my anger. I was rebelling against my unhappiness. I was fighting it and nothing was changing. And so when we're unhappy, whether it's, you know, with our our bodies or our careers or our businesses or our relationships, unhappiness is not the issue. Rebelling against it is. And so it's so important to really embrace this idea that you're, you you won't be happy about every aspect of your life all of the time, and that shouldn't be the goal. See, the moment you make happiness all the time, because I create my own happiness, and I decide, and happiness is a choice, and all of those Pinterest quotes, which I love so much, once you decide that that should be your goal, then you're always going to be unhappy, because you can't be happy all of the time. That's not what you came for. You came for the contrast. You came for the journey. So... Number one, we've got to embrace the fact that it's not the unhappiness that's the problem. It's the rebelling against it that is. And I love a quote from Buddha because Buddha said, all human unhappiness comes from not facing reality squarely, exactly as it is. So as long as I was sitting in that chair in the hotel room on Friday night, railing against me not being grateful, railing against me being angry and pissed off, railing against me throwing a three-year-old temper tantrum, which I did, clearly, then I couldn't face reality. And by not facing reality, then the unhappiness just sticks around. So again, all human unhappiness comes from not facing reality squarely, exactly as it is. It is. Lesson number two for me in really having a sit this last week with my unhappiness. I'm responsible for creating my own happiness and I'm also responsible for learning and using my unhappiness to transform my life. I got a clear wake-up call in, in, you know, in the dichotomy of last week, I had to face my unhappiness. I had to sit with it. I had to be with it for long periods of time. And at the same time, I also got the opportunity to be with some of the people who I adore most on the planet. I got to be around their energy. I got to be with them. I got to eat meals with them. And and so the dichotomy of like, there's my tribe and here we are together together. And then I had to face my unhappiness. Here's the thing that I learned about that. In the same way that I'm responsible for creating my own happiness, I'm also responsible for learning and using my unhappiness to transform my life. I hope I said that right. I'm responsible for creating my own happiness. But I'm also responsible for learning and using my unhappiness to transform my life. Here's the thing. I got really real with myself last week. It's nobody else's job to change me but me. You know, one of the things I've been grappling with for the last, I would say, at least five years is on the one hand, wanting to have babies and on the other hand, wanting to do a fitness competition. And if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you know, I've struggled with this and I've had years where I was really, really good and and way fitter than I am right now. And I've had years where like right now, I am the most out of shape that I've ever been in my entire life. That includes a high risk pregnancy where I gained 70 pounds. I am so out of shape at this moment. It's not even funny. And I am so unhappy with my body right now. And crying and praying and praying and crying last week, that was one of the things that I had to really, really sit with. I had to really sit with, what led me to take my body here? What led me to pack on like 40, 50 pounds? What is going on with me that I am so unhappy that I am buffering my unhappiness with all this extra... I had to face it. I'm telling... There was no... There was no... There was no uh, you know, like those of you who are on Instagram with me, there was no running every morning in the Wyoming wilderness and getting a little bit of happiness there. I had to face some of the things that I wasn't facing prior to last week. And one of those is this whole thing with my weight and the fitness competition. And I got so clear because I had to face my unhappiness that it really is... I get to choose what I do with my body, with my time, with my life, with my mind, and I made a very clear decision. My body's changing now. What I mean, and it, I always tell, people always ask me, because I've been a personal trainer, and they've always said, "What what is it that causes, you know, what is it that caused you to go be a personal trainer, to drop 40 pounds, to get in the best shape of your life? And people don't ask me, although I'm sure they wonder, like, what caused you to get totally out of shape, which is where I am right now? And I used to tell people, I don't know, something in me, a, a switch just flipped. The switch flipped, and boom, I was in a whole other mode, whole other person. Ate what I needed to eat, eat uh, worked out the way I needed to work. Just the, the flip, the switch flipped. And I've been waiting for the switch to flip. And I guarantee you, last week, that switch flipped. And because I had to literally sit, as I cried and prayed, and I prayed and cried, with what is going on? that I will allow my body to get to this place. What's going on? Because there's something going on that I'm in this place physically. So I had to face that. And again, the lesson was not to shame myself about the extra weight I've put on, not to shame myself about, well, gosh, you know, like literally I got real with the fact of it's going to take me the next 32 weeks to get to where I want to be fitness-wise physically. 32 weeks of absolute dedication, absolute focus, and guess what? Having to face my unhappiness the last week, that, that switch flipped, and I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. But I say all of this to say that it wasn't a matter of me shaming myself about where I am with unhappiness in certain arenas, like my body. It was understanding that it is my responsibility to change me. I get to choose who and what I surround myself with. I get to decide what I will and will not put up with. I choose how I'm seeing, perceiving, and dealing with the situation. And that was a powerful lesson to get last week, that really it's not just a matter of creating my own happiness and choosing happiness. It is also a matter of I am powerful enough to use and learn from my unhappiness to transform my life. Big wake-up call, big lesson. The other thing I learned with really having to face my unhappiness last week, is unhappy times don't equal an unhappy life. You know, I think part of the reason people are are doing this whole faking it thing on social media is they think that if they get real with their Facebook friends, or if they really share what's going on, you know, they have bad days, good days, whatever, levita loca days, that people are not going to see them the same way. People are going to think, oh, poor her. You know, oh, that's sad. You know, everybody's putting things on Facebook about their next vacation, their next getaway, their next this. You know, people are posting the the picture of the car they're going to buy. All this kind of bullshit. Here's the thing. Unhappy times don't equal an unhappy life. And if you're afraid to be real with the people you're calling friends, whether on Facebook or in your neighborhood, if you're afraid to be real with people about your unhappy times, because you think they're going to pity you and they're going to look down on you because you're not strong and powerful and on fire all of the time, then you need to change your friends. You need to get new, you even need to change your family if that's the case. One of the things that I do not play with friends or family is I do not play pretending like things are okay when they're not. People know when they're on good terms with me or when they're not. They know because I don't do the smooch smooch let's pretend like everything's okay if it's not okay you're gonna know it's not okay either i'm gonna tell you or i'm gonna show you and in most cases i'm gonna do both and here's the thing the lesson for me about my unhappiness is this unhappy times don't equal an unhappy life it's a wake-up call it's not a life sentence so if you're listening to this and you're like I hate that I'm unhappy. I hate that I'm unhappy about my job. I hate that I'm unhappy about my body. I hate that I'm unhappy about my money. I hate that I'm unhappy about my relationship. Here's what I want to tell you. Get over this thing that this is a life sentence. It's not. It's a wake-up call. It's a gift. Your unhappiness is a gift. I really want you to take that in. Because last week, last Friday, when I was throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of Salt Lake Airport, I had no capacity to accept That my unhappiness and me being a three year old in the airport throwing a temper tantrum was a gift. But now I'm in a space to receive it. Maybe you're not in a space to receive this at this moment. Listen to the episode again. Your unhappiness is a gift. You know why? It's telling you. It is telling you something needs to change. Something's got to be different. It cannot be this way. It is giving you information that you need so you can make different decisions, so you can make different choices. Unhappy times does not equal an unhappy life. And if you have an inner circle of friends that you cannot share your unhappiness with, you cannot say, I'm struggling. This is hard for me. I need you. If you don't have an inner circle that you can say that with, I'm going to tell you, fire everybody in your inner circle. Fire them. Because you can do, I mean, if you're going to be alone and and have to hide how how you feel, what do you need those friends for? You don't. You have nobody to, to help you carry the load. What's the point? Fire them. We've got to get to a place where people can say... When people can reach out and they can say, I'm having a really hard time. I'm struggling. This is hard for me. I need support. And people give it. Here's the saddest part of this whole thing. People are on social media pretending like everything is okay 100% of the time. And what they don't realize... Is that when you do actually reach out and you do say to people that you know love you, you say, I need you right now. Do you know what their answer is going to be 99.9% of the time? I'm there. I'm there for you. What do you need? What can I? So we even miss out on the blessing of connection with people who would love to support us because we think that they're going to think we're weak If we're honest about what we're feeling in the moment. And again, unhappy times don't equal an unhappy life. I learned that last week. Just because I've got certain areas that I'm unhappy with, like my body. um, You know, like certain situations that I'm dealing with where I've played small for far too long. Just because there are certain arenas in my life where I'm unhappy doesn't mean I have an unhappy life. But me pretending like everything's okay in every arena of life is a lie. So no, I'm not going to play that game. Everybody's got unhappy arenas. Let's not ignore them. Let's understand that those are wake-up calls and we've got to make new decisions. The fourth lesson that I got from really dealing with my own unhappiness and facing it and having to sit with it last week was this. Nobody's responsible for my happiness, but, but, but. I'm going to throw a button here. You know I talk about yeah, but people. I'm going to be a yeah, but person for a minute. Nobody is responsible for my happiness. But here's the game changer I got last week. But who I spend my time with can either help or hurt my efforts to create my own happiness. See, here's the thing. No, nobody can make you happy. You you know that. I know that. We all know that. Nobody can make you happy. It's not about what other people do or say to you that makes you happy or unhappy. It's really how you interpret it, the meaning you give to it. What you make this mean for you, what you make this mean about you. Totally get that. Nobody's responsible for my happiness. However, who I spend my time with is either going to help or hurt my efforts to create my happiness. So, you know, and I've been a proponent of this for a long time, so this was not a new thing to me. I'm about to tell you what the new thing was for me in this. So, A, I don't spend my time with people who are users, emotional vampires, uh, fake. I don't do fake. So I, I've, it took me my 20s to figure out that those kind of people, I just kick them to the curb fast and furious, fast and furious. But here's the little distinction that I got last week as I cried and prayed and prayed and cried. Yes, I'm responsible for my happiness, but who I surround myself with, who I spend time with, they can either help or hurt my efforts to create my own happiness, which is why I need to be vigilant, hyper vigilant, even more so than I've ever been before, about who is in my ear, who is in my life, who is standing in my way, and I got super clear on the fact of, yeah, there there are certain uh, people, situations, and circumstances that I need to cut out completely, like completely. I got super clear on that last week. So my unhappiness gave me that really powerful distinction. I thought I was really good at it. And I would say up until last week, I was 85% of the way there. I'm about to be 100% of the way there now. Beautiful distinction. Here's the fifth lesson that I got in dealing with myself and my unhappiness last week. And this by far is probably the most important one because again, when we are warriors, when we're strong, we tend to take a lot of shit. We tend to put up with a lot. We t- because our pain threshold we can take it. But just because you can take it doesn't mean you should take it. I got that from a powerful coach. She said that to me on a coaching call. Changed my life, is changing my life, is still changing my life. Just because you can take that level of pain doesn't mean you should. So here's the, the fifth lesson that I got. My happiness matters and it has to come first. Do you know how many of us have put our happiness last. And anytime we try to even put our happiness third or second, we feel really guilty for even putting it on the priority list, let alone putting it in the top three. Here's the lesson I got last week. You know, prior to last week, I understood the importance of happiness and joy. And I understood the importance of appreciation. And I understood the importance of of self-care and of taking care of yourself but i did not until last week understand the power of happiness and i i made an unequivocal decision over the weekend that my happiness matters so much to me that it must come first not that it can come first not that it should come first it must come first and from this moment forward it comes first because here's the thing and this is a beautiful quote from pinterest you know you guys know i'm a pinterest i have a pinterest addiction i'm always on pinterest A quote on Pinterest said, if you are unhappy, change something, quit your job, move, let go of a miserable relationship, stop making excuses, you are in control. Can I read that again? Because I need to hear that again. If you are unhappy, change something, quit your job, move, let go of a miserable relationship, stop making excuses, you are in control. The last two lines are everything. Stop making excuses, you are in control. Here's the truth of the matter. Here's the facts. Ready for it? Because I got this really clearly last week. If my happiness must come first, then I have to do, I must do, whatever is required to stop making the excuses I've been making and take full control of the situation and handle that bad boy. That was the clarity I got last week. I'm in control. Nobody else holds the keys, the reins, nothing. I am in control. So the only thing I've got to do about this is, number one, to decide, which I have, that my happiness comes first. And then, number two, to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, however long it takes, to be in control and to change the game. Decision made last week after I cried and prayed and prayed and cried. Now, you might be thinking, okay, there are some life lessons, but what are the business lessons? Oh, there were business lessons. <laughs> there, when, when you're in a situation where... Um, yeah, where you're, are you're, 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 you're so unhappy that you can't run from it, you can't hide from it, you can't escape it. There are lessons to be learned that you can apply to your business. Here are my five business lessons that I got from really facing my unhappiness. Number one, you gotta embrace the discomfort of being in a place you are no longer meant to be, and you've got to use that pain to push yourself forward. I had to embrace the discomfort. Because, see, sometimes we get busy and we get productive and then we push off that discomfort so we don't really feel it. I had to embrace the discomfort of being in a place I am no longer meant to be. And I had to get to the point where I said, okay, either this pain is going to use me or I'm going to use it. And I had to make a conscious decision to use the pain to push myself forward. Number one, business lesson every next level of your business, there's going to be discomfort. You've got to embrace the discomfort. You've got to use the pain to push yourself forward. Second business lesson I got from facing my own unhappiness, and it's this. Unhappiness is a catalyst to the next level of your business, but you got to use it to take daily massive action. Lots of people get unhappy in different arenas in their life, not necessarily business, and they use that as the excuse for why they're not working in and on their business. Can I just say that last week's facing my unhappiness and some of the unhappiness had been around for a long period of time was my opportunity to say oh no this is my unhappiness is not an excuse for me to play small my happy my unhappiness is is the reason that i'm about to go majorly big majorly like people think i produce lots of content now you you haven't seen anything yet you don't even know i i'm not even i'm not even gonna talk about just wait for it just wait for it because i'm on fire in a way that I've never been before. Again, unhappiness is a catalyst to the next level of your business. Use it to take daily massive action. Lesson business lesson number three that I got by facing my unhappiness last week. And it's what I talked about. Cut out anything and anyone who brings you down. Period. Quick, fast, theory. There is no debating this. There is no, I'm going to have a, com, you know, a communication, a conversation with you and we're going to try to work it out. Nope, not even. If building your business is your focus, if your happiness comes first, if it is a must, you don't give folks years to get their stuff together. If their stuff isn't together, here's how it works from now on. Listen, my happiness comes first. I'm building this business. I would love for you to come along with me on the ride. Feel free to join me. But I'm not stopping because you think I should rest. Boom. I have the power to zone you out. I have the power to distance myself from you or I have the power to disown you. Drop it like it's hot. I will do whatever I have to do to keep my happiness first and to move forward in my business. I would love to have you on the journey with me but some people are not meant to stay on the journey with me. You might be one of those people. I don't know yet. Only you know that. You decide. I'll see you later. I got a really big wake-up call that at the end of the day, you have to be. And for, for those of us who like to be nice, who like to be kind and have humility and all that fun stuff, this is a hard one because we want to take everybody with us. We want everybody To go with us. We know everybody has potential and capacity, and we have the biggest vision for every. We want them all to come, and they could all come, but they won't all come because some of them like staying stuck and they're not willing to give up their excuses. And you cannot lay down and settle and play small because they don't have their shit together. If people don't have their shit together, leave them on the side of the road and keep it moving. Cut it out. Big lesson for me last week in dealing with my unhappiness. The reality is that some people will not stay on the journey with you cut them loose i know it's mean i'm okay with that (laughs) i'm okay with that be okay with that business lesson number four here here was the other lesson that i got and again it relates to the to the life lesson that i got nothing changes about my unhappiness unless and until i put my happiness first that includes in your business so the big wake-up call I got was, I'm not doing anything in my business that does not make me happy. That doesn't mean it won't be work. That doesn't mean I won't rise and grind. That doesn't mean there will be times, last night I was working on a website, and I was just like, like, literally I wanted to throw the computer somewhere at a certain point. That doesn't mean there aren't moments where you go, I'm sick of this task. But I'm not doing anything in my business that I don't absolutely want to do, and it doesn't absolutely make me happy. Prime example, the motivational speaking I was telling you about. I could do the Tony Robbins thing. I will never do it. That does Getting on a plane for anybody other than going to Key West or Malibu or Hawaii for vacation, going on a plane is not my thing. Therefore, I'm never going to insert that in my business. I don't want to do it. I will not do it, period, unless it's super, super important to me. So again, how are you setting up your business day to win? What are you doing in your business? Are you doing things you think you have to do? Where you got to do, or you're doing things that you get to do, that you must do, that you feel fire about, that you know is meant for you. Big difference in how your business is going to go depending on what you choose. Final business lesson that I got from really facing my unhappiness was this. Most power, I, I would say, well, putting my happiness first was the most powerful one. This is the runner up. Business lesson I got from facing my unhappiness last week. I cannot grow in an environment that thrives by keeping me in pain or keeping me small. Drop the mic. I, I got the message very clearly last week that I cannot grow in any environment that thrives by keeping me in pain or keeping me small. And can I just break down something for people who probably don't want to hear it just yet if this is you? You are in situations. I'm no different. I'm there with you. We're in it together. You are in situations, whether that's a relationship, a job, a friendship, a family situation, where you live. You are in situations. And those people in situations are thriving by keeping you in pain and keeping you small. The time for tolerating that kind of bullshit is over over. And when you come to the realization that you cannot grow in an environment that thrives by keeping you in pain or keeping you small, you know what you start to do? You start to cut your losses. You know what else you start to do? You start to stand up for yourself. You know the other thing you start to do? You start to play really, really big. Which is why I'm saying, you ain't seen nothing yet for me. Big? I don't even have a word. Chinormous, maybe. Because I realized, as I cried and prayed, and I prayed and cried last night, that I have allowed A number of situations, experiences, and people to keep me in pain and to keep me playing small. And here's the thing I'm going to say about that. Never again. Never again. I'm done with that. I'm done with those situations. I'm done with those people. And on top of that, I'm going to play so big now. My own limits won't be able to contain me. And that's what I highly recommend for you. At the end of the day, here's what I want you to know. You are not alone if you are having unhappiness in your life. If you have unhappy arenas going on in your life. I did this episode because I wanted you to know that you are not the only one. It feels it can feel that way when you're going through it. It can feel that way if you're posting one kind of life on Facebook but you're actually living another. It can feel that way when it seems like all your friends are happy, all your family members are doing really well, and your life sucks. It could even feel that way when you feel like you've got to put up a happy front and a strong front so other people can feel better about themselves. It might feel that way. That's not the truth. You never know what people are going through. Do not believe the hype of what people post on social media. You have no idea. I would, I would guess to say that very few people probably knew last week when I was on travel for work that every morning every night I cried and prayed and prayed and cried because I didn't go to work and do that I didn't go to the conference and behave that way now my closest friends knew something was off but people who know me on a surface level probably couldn't have guessed that so when I s- say I've got my unhappy arenas and I'm dealing with them right now they're not. I haven't transformed them yet it's going to take me some time my fitness journey, 32 weeks, baby. 32. It's going to take me the next 32 weeks of serious dedication to get happy in the arena of my physicality. So when I say to you, if you're dealing with unhappiness, A, you're not alone. B, you're not the only one. And C, it might take you some time to transform that. Be okay with the time that it takes. It all doesn't, you know, let's get over this whole thing of, okay, I'm going to decide to be happy right now. And I'm going to be happy starting right now. No, my sweater dresses are sitting in my closet and they've been in my closet for at least two years and they look fabulous on my body when my body's where I want it to be. I'm not happy about that. I will not be happy about it till I'm back in my sweater dresses. You don't have to make yourself feel happy about things that you're not happy about. But you do have to embrace the fact that it may take you longer than you'd like it to to deal with that issue, to be in control of that issue, to transform that issue. Be okay with it. It's going to take time. And as it takes time, no, you won't always be happy. That's okay too. Because even unhappiness is a teacher. And unhappiness has its place. And here's the thing I want you to get. And I'm going to to end this episode because it's far too long. At the end of the day, I want you to understand That you are not alone, and you can reach out for help, and you can tell somebody, I need you. Support me. This is hard for me. You can do that, and you're not weak, and you're not a a, a whiner, and you're not playing the victim. But every time you pretend like everything's okay when it's not, every time you post a life that isn't real on, on social media, every time you are trying to show everybody that you are this and that and a bag of chips, but you feel like crap on the inside, you are doing yourself a disservice. Unhappiness is as important as happiness. Let's give it the attention it deserves. All right, everybody, I will talk to you on the next episode of She Runs the Show.